0: You're part of God's Good morning, church. We're actually going to be in 2 Corinthians, in the first chapter of 2 Corinthians. If you're our guest today, you don't have a Bible, don't worry about it. The words will be on the screen. If you do have your Bible or you grabbed one in the back, 2 Corinthians is in the New Testament, so the second half of Scripture, about halfway through in the New Testament. You can find it there, 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Today's Trunk or Treat, as you know, you're looking forward to it. I had a kid walk in there in the back just a second ago, greeted his family, and he said, is Trunk or Treat now? Sorry, bud, (laughs) just a little bit. My kids were thinking the same thing this morning. They've got swords that go with their costumes. It was everything we could do to keep those swords from going to Sunday school class this morning. Like, everything we could do. So we're ready for that. Hope you're here this afternoon for that. So speaking of my kids, parenting... It's the hardest thing i have ever done it's the hardest thing i've ever done it's hard for somebody back there right now too i understand don't even worry about it don't even worry about it i've been there um a close second to the difficulty of parenting is the difficulty of preaching and leading god's people here but but parenting i think takes the cake i've been thinking a lot about over the last few weeks What's the most important things that my kids hear from me as they're growing up in my house? Above all, I think the most important thing that they hear on my lips is the name of Jesus, which we were just singing. I am so convicted and compelled by our vision 2028, of building up the next generation here at Highland. And I believe, like you parents or grandparents, that that starts with me at home and what my kids hear from me. And so above all, I think the most important thing that they hear on my lips is the name of Jesus. But I've been thinking about what are the other things that they need to hear from me? What other things your kids need to hear from their parents? I think one of the most important things that my boys hear from me and from their mom, Lindsay, is that you can trust me. You can trust me. I went and visited a young couple here at Highland, had their first baby this last week, and, or two weeks ago, and we went and visited them drop off dinner on Friday, and they looked tired. They looked happy, but, but tired. I think back to those nights, you know, when they're getting up every couple hours, and you're getting up, and you're going in there and feeding your kid in the middle of the night, and you're not doing it because if that kid waits 15 more minutes, they're going to starve. They're not okay you're doing it because from the very beginning you want your kid to know i will always come for you i'll always come you can trust me um i'm teaching our youngest to ride a bike right now deacon and um he hasn't succeeded yet or i haven't succeeded yet i don't know who's <laughs> whose fault that is you know as i run beside him holding that bike you know what he says the whole time don't let go don't let go. And what do I say? I won't. I won't. You can trust me. You can trust me. Um, I've got this rule in my family, and it's kind of silly, and I won't be able to sustain this as they get older and they get busier, but I've got this rule that I won't miss one of their games or their performances if it's within my power. And I certainly won't miss it for a selfish reason. And so you kind of get in this weird gray area where it's like speaking at conferences. Is that a selfish reason or not? And I canceled a conference last week. (laughs) I'm not going to do it because there's going to be a game that weekend. And that's kind of silly. And again, it's not sustainable, but I, I just have this voice in the back of my head that's like, prove you will always be there so that they can trust you we had pajama day at school the other day i hate pajama days and every other kind of dress-up day just put them in their uniform and send them off those mornings are the most stressful mornings of the whole year your parents teachers are like everybody's gonna love it we don't <laughs> so we get them in pajamas we're driving to school i drop them off every morning and we pull into the car line and it's right as we're pulling into the car line that one of my sons panics and he's convinced I'm wrong. It's not pajama day today. And he's thinking it is social suicide if I step out of this car in pajamas. And what do I say to him, buddy? You can trust me. You can trust me. Praise God! It was pajama day. <laughs> I've been reading Second Corinthians. Uh, we went on a holiday two weeks ago, and I read 2 Corinthians every morning during the holiday. And so this sermon was birthed out of that. It was unexpected. I wasn't planning to preach this sermon today, but I was struck by the fact that Paul in his letter to the Corinthian church keeps saying again and again, you can trust me. In fact, what he actually says is you can trust us. He groups himself into this group of leaders, probably some of the itinerant missionaries that traveled with Paul planning churches, probably some of the first leaders in Corinth that he formed and trained himself, and he left there in charge of this young church. So what he actually says is not, you can trust me, but you can trust us, and he keeps saying it again and again. In fact if you read the pastoral epistles 1st and 2nd Timothy and Titus over 60 times in the pastoral epistles Paul talks about his work and his track record and those of his fellow servants among them He keeps saying again and again you can trust us And I'm struck by that and by the fact that whether or not you can hear the name of Jesus on someone's lips probably depends a great deal on whether you trust him. Right. So he says this in 2 Corinthians 1. Now, this is our boast. Our conscience testifies we have conducted ourselves in the world and especially in relations with you with integrity and godly sincerity. We have done so relying not on worldly wisdom, but on God's grace. What's he saying? You can trust us. And you can trust us because when we were with you, we acted with integrity. And what we brought to you every time you came to us or we came to you, what we brought was God's grace. We never tricked you. It was never something else. We came with godly sincerity, bringing God's grace to you. We came to you in integrity every time you can trust us. We live in a time where it is increasingly hard to trust leaders, including Christian leaders. I mean, if you follow the news, you've seen one Christian leader after another that has fallen because they made some terrible mistake. And I'll tell you, I mean, Christian leaders are not above mistake. Okay? But as I thought about what Paul keeps saying, you can trust us and how important it is apparently for the church to hear that, I thought about something that what felt like I needed to say. Not on, not on my own behalf, but on behalf of a, of a group of men who are probably not going to get up here and say, hey, you should trust us. And that's our shepherds. You know, I don't know that I have ever heard a preacher stand up on stage and say, I want you to know you can trust your shepherds. But I feel like I need to say it because I am so grateful for the men who give of themselves in service and sacrifice for this church. I'm so thankful for them. And I feel like I get this front row, this privileged seat to those men in action as they seek to shepherd and guide and discern God's will for this church, that not all of you get. I realize that. So I get this front row seat that not all of you get. So I want to come to you from the front row just telling you what it's like and why you can trust these men. I'll tell you, when I go to the hospital, when I go to the graveside, when I go to the doctor's office, you know who usually beats me there? One of our shepherds. Nearly every time. I've seen the men who shepherd this church sitting in waiting rooms outside doctor's offices where somebody from this church was receiving a diagnosis that was going to change their life, and in the waiting room were some of their elders. I've seen elders of this church teach Sunday school, whether that's for the oldest among us or the youngest among us, and some of them have done it for decades faithfully. You know what they get paid for that? Not enough not enough. I got to do VBS, uh, the puppet show in VBS this last year. Um, I was the devil. (laughs) And uh, I got to be behind that curtain with the one who is cool Ray and the others, which it was, it was two elders on either side of me and, and an elder's wife who've been doing that for 30 years telling Bible stories to our kids behind that puppet stage. And I'll tell you what, those kids sit out there and they think this is magic. And I'll tell you, as I sit beside them watching them, the magic is behind the curtain. That's where the magic is. Uh, we have elders who have traveled around this world to encourage Christians and particularly our missionaries at great cost to themselves. You may not know this. If I go to see our missionaries, the church helps me to cover those costs. It does not pay for our elders to go. At great cost of themselves, they've gone to places like Papua New Guinea and China, the Philippines. I remember in Papua New Guinea, some of our elders and their wives got on this little wooden boat to sail across the ocean to this little island where there's this group of Christians that are pretty isolated, but a part of a church that we helped to plant. They got in this little wooden boat without life jackets to go and encourage those Christians. Was that smart? <laughs> Was it faithful? Yeah. You bet, you bet it was. I mean, I've seen our elders intervene in difficult, difficult situations in our families. Twice, I've seen the men who shepherd this church intercede in a family where abuse was happening. And nobody was gathered outside that conference room when they got cursed at by those angry men. Nobody was gathered outside that conference room clapping, great job guys. Thank you for doing what no one else would do for this family. But those elders were in there. I saw it. And we had just finished this gender and sexuality study, I'll tell you that was a hard study. But how, what it reminded me was these elders have submitted themselves to God's Word. And to submit to someone who has submitted themselves to God's Word is not a chore, it is a grace and blessing. It's a blessing. And so I want you to hear from me, your preacher, this morning. You can trust your shepherds. I trust them. I trust them. But Paul says this other thing. And as I think about what's important for my kids to hear and my family, what it's important for the flock to hear from their leaders, I'm struck by the other thing Paul says nearly every time he says, you can trust me. Look at this. This is the same passage. It goes on. Now, this is our boast. Our conscience testifies. We have conducted ourselves in the world and especially in relations with you, with integrity and with godly sincerity. We have done so relying not on worldly wisdom, but on God's grace. And look at this. You will come to understand fully that you can boast of us, just as we will boast of you in the day of our Lord Jesus. You see what he's saying there? First thing he says is you can trust us, and the second thing he says is we're proud of you. He says that again in 2 Corinthians 7, make room for us in your hearts. Look at, he's he's gonna unite trust and pride. Make room for us in your hearts. We've wronged no one, we've corrupted no one, we've exploited no one. I don't say this to condemn you, I've said this before. You have such a place in our hearts that we would live or die with you. I have spoken to you with great frankness. I take great pride in you. I am greatly encouraged. and all of our troubles, my joy knows no bounds. It's not just you can trust us, but we are proud of you. And so I spoke on behalf of our shepherds who aren't going to get up here and say, trust us, you heard me say that. But I also want to speak on their behalf and say on behalf of our shepherds that we are proud of you as a church. We're proud of you. And I want you to hear that from me and to hear it from us. You know that this year, let me just talk about some of the things that have happened in this year. And the year's not over. Let me talk about a couple of these things. We planted a church this year. The Highland Church planted a church, the Oikos Church. It's meeting in East Memphis. It's doing great. They're growing. They're baptizing people. They're studying with college students. It's beautiful to see what's happening over there. But something I remember is another preacher in town at another church came to me not long ago. And he said, Eric, no one in a generation in churches of Christ in Memphis has seen their church give birth. They've only seen their churches split up. He said, thank you for what you have shown the churches here in our city. Look at that. Uh, We raised over $100,000 for Ukrainian relief. Okay. That money is helping people in concrete ways, including our missionary who is still there, although he is ill, every day preaching the gospel in the middle of a war. That money has gone to help people get out of Ukraine. It's gone to provide the supplies that they can't get or that are very expensive. You have made that possible this year, over $100,000. We hosted our, special, our second special needs VBS this summer. It was incredible. In fact, there's a new family here that placed membership recently because of special needs VBS. And we hope more will come. There's this young man named Aaron. We're gonna tell his story in a couple of weeks but Aaron came here a while back and came to be a part of a family here at Highland as, a, as their foster son. And uh, he didn't know what he was looking for when he came. What he found was Jesus Christ and his forever family. <laughs> he was baptized and a few months later was adopted. And that happened here because of the support of this church. Uh, We saved this young preacher in Papua New Guinea's life this year. He got a condition that's very rare. The medicine for that condition was not in Papua New Guinea. It was at Le Children's Hospital in Memphis, Tennessee. And it cost us thousands of dollars, and we spent that medicine there. And he's now back in the classroom teaching young preachers to go and plant churches and spread the gospel all over the island of Papua New Guinea because of your sacrifice to send that medicine there. We've had 25 baptisms this year, 25 baptisms this year. Whole family got baptized this year because of the influence of the youth group and bringing the daughter into that family. Whole family was baptized. This young man got baptized on Wednesday night. I'm going to tell his story coming up soon. Who was discipled by his boss who goes to Highland and his coworker who goes to Highland. In fact, he lived with that coworker and his wife, newly married though they were, they took him into their home for 30 days. They lived with him. That's the kind of people that are here at this church. And then there's the pandemic. I'm, I'm thankful that the, the worst of the pandemic may be behind us, and I know it's still a reality. I'll tell you, so many churches struggled through the pandemic, and it was a hard time, and I don't want to go back to it, but I want you to hear from me how thankful I am for your faithfulness to this body of Christ during the pandemic. It was incredible. It was incredible. So what I want you to hear from me today is that you can trust your shepherds and that they and I are very proud of you. I'll remind you of what Paul says, and I want to invite Ron Wade, one of our shepherds up here, who's going to share an announcement. He says this in 2 Corinthians 1. He says, Now it is God who makes both you, us, sorry, your leaders, and you stand firm in Christ. So it's all his glory. It's all for him.